Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to What a Load of Cobblers, Friday Night Lights, Northampton Town Audio Show. I'm Tom Reed, and in a week of news dominated by vaccine talk, I'm joined by a group of guys who have proved resistant to jabs for cobblers-itis. It's Andy Bodfish, Martin Maloney and Ian Brunt. How are you doing, guys? Hi, Tom. All good here? Yeah, well, hello. Caught cobblers-itis when I was seven, Tom, and, and I haven't been able to shake it off, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a bit like mumps, isn't it? It's one of the things you have to get get through when you're young and and so it doesn't do damage on you imagine like choosing to support the cobblers if you were a fully grown adult oh, it'd be a That's, bit um no, it's safe to say we've got herd immunity tom <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i just think ian gets the flare-ups of um, cobbler's fever from now every now and again <laughs> every every six months or so <laughs> uh, but andy um how you doing buddy? Got... fever <laughs> yeah yeah good luck with that one <clears throat> Andy, have you got a football moment of the week, mate? Yeah, I have. Um, just a couple of days ago, came across a clip that's been doing the rounds. Um, it's destined to to go down as sort of one of the the pieces of content for the ages. That incredibly brilliant Sean Dyche press conference. I yes. mean, I, I I watched that, uh, and then it finished. I just went back to the beginning and watched it again from start to finish. Just absolutely brilliant because clearly. Even in that sort of rarefied air that, um, you know, Premier League players and managers breathe, uh, it's, it's getting to them probably, <laughs> the way yep. things are in the world. And, you know, Sean Dyche just pulling the curtain back a bit and just being a normal bloke. Mm. I mean, obviously, there's a, lot, there's a lot of love for him here because he's a Kettering lad and, you know, he's, he used to play for Cobblers. He, um, his son is now involved and it was just it was such an entertaining three and a half minutes and I loved every minute of him talking about normal things looking like he's in the pub we know about the Dale Winton thing there was just so much coming out of that there was humanity there was uh you know there was a sense of normalness of Sean Dyche and the fact that he's probably going a little bit stir crazy in his own millionaire's world and just wanted a little bit of normal chat yeah. When you, when you, when you, hey, look left, look left, bungle. I, mean, I, just, I just creased up. I loved it. I loved every minute of that. The best thing for me was the his expressions when 
he was just yeah. like when he was telling the, the guy was sort of telling him stuff and it's describing it his his eyes were bright weren't they he was like <laughs> thank god at last they're not asking me about formations and stuff like that anymore they're asking me about looky like as he was just up did anyone else see it did you see it martin or ian well i haven't seen it yet i've just it's one of those that I've sort of i've heard all about it and i think i just need to sit and watch it through but yeah there is something a bit different about Daesh, isn't there? Um, you know, be it as eating worms or whatever else. <laughs> yeah, Ian, did you see that with Sean Daesh? Uh, yeah, well, I did see it. Yeah, 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 it was good. Get some good impressions. Um, and when Andy said about people doing impressions, I thought it was on about a couple of centre halves at Bloomfield Road on on Tuesday night doing impressions of um, of central defenders. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to yep. see the, the lighter side. Do you know what, though? It was funny because, obviously, Burnley, I mean, they are they are kind of clear of relegation, aren't they? They're well, they're well above the drop zone. But, um, like, you know, just imagine if, like, they were a couple of points, sort of had a couple of points less and they were in danger of being sucked in and they were sort of trying to talk to him about, yeah, pressure's on now, Sean, isn't it? You know, um after you know, Sheffield United have won two in a row and West Brom could catch, you know, and he said, I don't want to talk about that. I want to, I want to talk about like lookalikes. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know how, um, I don't know how well that would go down with like the press and the fans. I reckon that um, they should never talk about football in press conferences ever again in football press conferences. It should be just ever stuff like what's your favourite police academy film, you know, <laughs> But that's why, like Holloway and and um, Cluffy and um, uh, who, who was the other one, Gordon Strachan. You know, now and again when they'd come out with stuff like that, it was it was so welcome, wasn't it? Because you're not hearing like the usual stuff trotted out, wasn't it? Like I think they they asked Strachan when he was bottom of the league of Coventry what his priorities were, and he said, "Oh, I've got a yogurt in the fridge that's going to expire on Tuesday, so I've." got to get that done and, uh, and obviously Cluffy would just I mean I remember re- reading an, an interview with the um the Nottingham newspaper journalist who used to like go and talk to, to Cluffy every week because in the old days he didn't have a big press conference like the local football reporter would go along and sit in the manager's office and have a like have a drink with him and a chat and like it was all kind you can imagine the kind of stories this guy was coming out with it was like Cluffy he'd stick on the record player and he'd be dancing around the office while to some 19, you know, 40s song while while he was trying to like ask Cluffy what the team selection was going to be for Saturday. It's just, <laughs> you know, it was a different world, wasn't it? So it's nice to kind of see people take a bit of a departure from the uh, from the usual stuff. Mm, it's getting more and more surreal, and I, I sort of appreciate that. I reckon they should just get not even have the managers answer the questions. Just get just get a, like a you know member of a random member of staff to do it. Um, Martin, have you got a football moment of the week for us? Well, I do. It's it's kind of not the moment itself. It's just something I think that's really weird. Yeah. So Southampton lost 9-0 at Man U. Yeah. And that's their second 9-0 defeat in two seasons, both of which they finished mid-table and generally been seen to be a fairly good side with a very good manager. I don't think anyone else has ever lost 9-0 and not gone down. Yeah. But Southampton just seem to have this thing that, oh, it seems to be becoming, they're all going to have an off day on the same day. And you don't, you know, you'd, you'd probably rather lose one game 9-0 than nine games 1-0. But, <laughs> it's weird. You know, if, if it was, you know, if you looked at the league table, if it was West Brom or 
Fulham or Sheffield United earlier in the season, it's just, oh, well, yeah, someone's much, much better than them. But no, it's it's just a really bizarre sort of thing that happens. And I, I can't think of anything that's really like that in sport. What is the uh, biggest defeat that you've seen Northampton sort of uh, suffer? Wasn't there one... Do you remember we talked about that game where we won 5-1 v Mansfield in the 90s? Didn't the next game straight away, we lost like 7-0 or something. That was quite a big defeat. It was 7-0 in 93 against Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe. Yeah, that's it. And we had consecutive ones, the kind of um, post-Boothroyd. Didn't we have a 7-2 at home to um, Shrewsbury, followed by a 5-2 at home to um, South End. Was that the David Lee one? David Lee was the um, shrewd. I can't remember who was in charge of the South End game, but... Yeah. Um, they, well, I guess they were two goals better. <laughs> I remember going to uh, Cobbler's pre-season game and, you know, they're never they're never that interesting, really, are they? You usually have a few beers and we I went to one... We went into the uh, Moon on the Square. It's just not in there, there anymore, is it? On, in, in town. Went and few drinks in there and then they had like absinthe in there so we were like well i might as well have a few of those i had a few we had a few i just remember we played wimbledon and we got spanked seven nil v the old wimbledon as in before they went tits up and i just remember sitting there in a daze the whole time just like it was like going back to surrealness it was like a surreal days of watching this seven nil thrashing and i remember nigel rio coca scored for them and um i was speaking to a wimbledon guy the other week for an article i was writing and he said do you remember that seven niller I was like, I was there, but I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was a good one, Martin. Um, you know, Southampton, you know, uh, they'll bounce back, but I don't know how you can just concede 9-0 and then, you know, maybe end yeah, up... Yeah, how do you lose 9-0 uh, and not be a terrible side? Yeah. Really Twice. <laughs> God knows. We'll have to uh, see if it happens next season as well. But that was a good one, Martin. Um, Ian, how you doing, buddy? Have you got a football moment of the week for us? Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, there's a his- historian, David Olusoga. He-, he made a comment this week about statues, about how, you know, this tearing down statues and people defending statues, saying if you tear down stat- if you tear down statues, you're tearing down history. And his point was, well, you don't, because, you know, just because a statue's gone, people don't forget that person and what happened in their life. You know, you've still got the history books and things, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, you're talking sure about... You just need statues of Adolf Hitler to know what happened in the Second World War and the Holocaust. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, but, and he was talking about... Um, he was talking about race and, and, and racism and how, you know, the, the, the horrors of that. And then he started talking, because he's a Geordie, and he started talking about when he was at school. And he said, yeah, when he was at school, him and his sister experienced racist abuse. Because, but yeah, one time, Gaza did uh, put a stop to it. It's like the most random, came out of nowhere, James, basically, yeah. I think it was, I think it was an excerpt from his, um, it was an excerpt from his Desert Island Discs um, interview he did a few few weeks back. But yeah, apparently, yeah, he said it was an older lad in school. And I remember someone was on, this, this, this other lad was on top of me bullying me and it was you know racism and next thing I see this lad from my sister's year pulls him off and I remember these blue eyes looking at me and it was yeah it was Paul Gascoigne so there you go wow good old did, he have, All man good did he have a fishing rod and a four pack of beer uh, <laughs> I knew Paul Gazza Paul Gazza thing is thing is they do say they do say people don't have like a second act in life don't they and obviously once he's 
playing career was over, Gazza's got that little anecdote that's going to follow him out forever, which is, you know, long after he finished playing football. Mm. Do you know um, Do you know who actually <laughs> found Raul Moe, apart from Gazza? Do you know who actually uh, sort of tracked down Raul Moe? He's a, he's a guy off TV. Can, can you guess? Oh, uh, back, is it, was it Ray Mears? It was Ray Mears. Ray Mears. Who was a, the, police, a the police got Ray Mears on board, didn't they? Yeah, because I like <laughs> me and my dad have this thing because I'm a big Ray Mears fan. I hate Bear Grylls. I can't stand Bear Grylls. For me, Bear Grylls is a fake. He's a fake celebrity naturalist, as it's called. Was that the right word? Anyway, he's a yeah. He's not naturist. A naturalist. That's the word. And um, so we always have this sort of banter, blah blah blah. My dad always says that Ray Mears is too fat to be a uh, real survivalist. Like, how is he? How is he so chubby? He says after he films, my dad says that Ray Mears, and this isn't true, right? If you listen, my dad says that Ray Mears goes goes to McDonald's after filming and never sleeps in his tent or anything. Really I know upset. where your dad's coming from with that. That's this whole thing I've always had running in my brain whenever I see Ray Mears. No. Or you know what you, you what you don't see is him, you know, heading to. You know, the Sheraton. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. He's so skilled. He can just like, he'll go on the beach and he'll get 5,000 razor clams. No, he does what Mick Dundee does. And he has the he has a penthouse suite in the Sheraton. And he just sleeps on the floor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's funny what you say, because my kids watch the, um, uh, what's it called? Dennis, you know, Dennis the Menace. Beano, they like love the Beano and all that stuff. And there's a cartoon of it now on um, CBBC. And there's a character in it. Can't remember what he's called, but he's based on that kind of thing of a fake survivalist. So he's like filming an episode in Beano Town, but like when the camera switched off, he was like, like you say, you know, checking into the hotel, and he's got like <laughs> his his crew around him and like doing all that. So you wonder, is there something in that? Do they do they really do that kind of stuff? No, no. Ray Mears, he just Ray Mears just lives. And breathe true survival. He like he just goes to like Alaska and places like that on, on his own and just wanders around. Have you um listened to the Alan Partridge podcast from, from the Oats House? Have you guys heard of no, that? No, really, shamefully, no. It's really good, and there's one where Alan's really jet lagged and he's just come back from a, from a, some time in LA to to kind of re, regroup and kind of <laughs> put. Some, uh, demons to rest and he talks about how he's, he's one tip he, that he got from um, Bear Grylls when he flies never take on luggage like always just take it on his hand luggage he says yeah Bear, Bear Grylls gave me that idea don't don't mess around with you know, checking in with luggage just take take luggage on and off you go <laughs> I reckon uh, Ray Mears wouldn't have any luggage at all he would just like make clothes when he gets there he'll find and kill animals and make clothes he would. It reminds me. But does anyone ever used to? I was I was in, into fishing for a while when I was younger, and um, there was a show right, and it was about basically you had to ca- eat, live off what fish you could catch. It was it was a really oh. quite obscure one, yeah. And you can imagine like they would go out and it was a challenge. And then I remember one guy, he couldn't catch a bloody like a cold. He was like he was doing everything. He was like fly fishing. He was desperately trying to catch this fish. And he couldn't even catch like a roach or anything like a little fish. And I think in the end, they, they were started tempting him with like a Mars bar and he had to give in. But it was a really weird show. A really weird show. But yeah. I, uh, I was sceptical myself about Bear Grylls. Um, a little bit late coming to that whole scene. Because, you know, the moment somebody gets popular and everyone's 
going on about how cool someone is. I, my immediate instinct is, well, he's overrated, he's rubbish, I'm not going to like him. And then <clears throat> I saw Bill Grills do this thing, which will probably remains etched into my brain now. He picked this cow pat up, he was in a field, and he just he squeezed this cow pat, you know, to get some liquid out of it, and he just he caned it. He just squeezed his cowpat above his face and he 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 snuffed at the liquid like it was amber nectar. That it was is... all going down it was all going down his chin and everything. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. That is pure bear grills, all for the cameras, not realistic. Ray Mears will be laughing at that. It'll be like, who actually does that? Ray Mears will make his own um bush champagne within two days. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I was like, mate, what? No, rewind. What? It's all for the cameras. I can't believe it. And yet again, I've completely forgotten what we're talking about. It just happens every week. Uh, was it, what are we talking about? Completely lost the track of... Hey, was it yours? Paul Gascoigne defending David Olasaga and his sister, I think, was where it started. <laughs> As usual, these things meander off. But, but, like, there was a, but there was a fishing rod involved in that as well. So it's come full circle, Tom. Yes, so that was what we were talking about. We're talking about the famous Raoul Moat incident, and there's no way the police would call in Bear Grylls, and that shows who the uh, the better survivalist is, which is Ray Mears. But yeah, um, yeah, that was a good one. And Gaza, you know, he's, he was probably to our speak for everyone that he was one of our heroes growing up. Like as a footballer, I remember 1990, just absolutely brilliant. Um, 100, just one of the all-time greats, wasn't he? Just I wanted those. One of those <laughs> Those plastic breasts and and belly he wore when he came back on the plane. Do you remember? Yeah, he big boots. Yeah, I could. Yeah. I I know, could just forget. The thing is with Gaza though, like they kind of. I've read a thing where I think it was on Twitter actually when they said you know about him wasting his career and he said I didn't waste my career. I had a great career, you know, a great yeah. time. Played for my hometown club. I had a great time at Spurs. Played in Italy and then like played for Rangers. Walter Smith was his favourite manager he ever played under you know he had a really good international career he had a you know no one has a perfect career things go wrong don't they you know not everyone could be Messi and Ronaldo you know so yeah all time obviously he's got his demons but then who hasn't yeah that's that's true do you remember that um I always wanted I never got one because they, they there was a lot of fakes on the go in those days that 1990 um uh track suit do you remember shell suit um Andy Umbro yeah. one 1990s absolutely brilliant that was yeah, I had those. I had those. All sorts of t- ties and um, little bits of threads coming out of it in mm. those days, wasn't it? And obviously, you know, don't go near an open flame because you know you're gonna go you're gonna go up in flames, mate. Um, but do you remember um, in the, in the in the old days you couldn't really get football memorabilia or football merchandise that easy. There were the odd sports <clears> shop here and there. But there was a lot of catalogues that you would like send off for and stuff. Do you remember on the market there was a football guy? He had a football stall. I used to go down on the market and there was a guy that had scarves and stuff. Did anyone else use that? He used to use that all the time. Yeah, ah, yeah, I do remember it. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I do remember it, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Colin Did Colin Sports shirt? was always the one. Gold Street. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Did, did yeah. he have some two with cobblers? What's his What was his first names? Oh, first name. I'm sure he was. He, 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 yeah. He, he used to play, didn't he? You're right. Yeah. He was a retired player, I think, Tom, yeah. Yeah, um so you yeah, I remember like looking in like football magazines and there used to be like it was like you know, postal orders and stuff like that. You could buy yeah. sort of 
different world, wasn't it? I bet you must have done a lot of that, Andy, buying stuff of those sort of places. Um, like I said, all the kit, because I had loads of tracksuits and yeah, and uh, shirts. Yeah, that all came from Colin Sports. It was, but I seem to remember my dad even going in there and ordering stuff. You know. Yeah. I, you know, because I mean, obviously lockdown, stir craziness and all that, going through old programs and stuff. Mm. You know, it's great to look at, particularly old England um, programs. Less so with the cobblers and the club stuff, but um, yeah. You know, there's just pages of old, you know, from 1991, all the England gear you could buy and the mm. Wembley T-shirts, all the adverts in the, the old programmes. And, yeah, a lot of lot of nostalgia element there. You know, like England, Three Lions sweatbands and stuff. Mm. And like it's you say, those, those hideous shell suits. <laughs> but it's just like a different world where... Kids did like to wear replica shirts. That wasn't a, yes, that's not a new phenomenon. But it was just a slightly more innocent world where you would like you'd post something off and you'd get something in the post and you'd buy a couple of things. But it didn't really break the bank too much. But now it's just sort of turned on its head. You know, seventy pound for a shirt and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, it's a bit of a shame, really. But um, yeah, those were the days. <laughs> right then, let's talk to Andy Holt, chairman of Accrington Stanley, head of the Stanley v Northampton Town game on Saturday. How are you doing, Andy? It was a brilliant win in midweek, 6-1 against Bristol Rovers. Were you expecting that? Well, uh, if I'm honest, I, I thought we'd have a good chance of winning. Not 6-1. Yeah. 6-1 were a big surprise, but, uh, you know, we, we were a couple of really good strikers that are, are really hitting, hitting form and working well together. Like I said the other day, they remind me of Billy Key and Caden Jackson when they were a full song. You know, they're off each other, so... so you know they're, they're likely to score goals, but uh, I, I did hope I, hope I hope for a win, but I, I didn't expect to be while the streams it was it to be six one. Exactly, and um, Dion Charles got a hat trick, didn't he? That was a good performance from him. Yeah, and he's a fantastic lad. You know, he's coming, he's he's come from Zaysport, and uh, yeah, you know, a lot well, they're all it's it's a good bunch, but. Uh, you know, put a real, real big amount of effort in. He's, he's in football league now, and he scored his first hat-trick. He's, uh, I think he said to Cook Cole, he said, we're talking to him about the goals he scored, and uh, Dion said to him, you bet, uh, you did score him in the league, Kappa. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rick Cutting, because John never played in football league. So, do, but do, a fantastic lad. Do you think that Coley goes for um, characters as well? You know, he looks what people are like off the pitch as well, the players? As well as their performances on the pitch, I think I think I think uh, it naturally goes for characters, but but we, we have a bunch of characters around place anyhow, and, and people that are, are you know are fairly introvert tend to come out of themselves. Yeah. When when they when they join in with groups, so so sure. you know, it's a real opportunity for players that are you know I, I love taking players out to non-league, but not not just financially. I think that's what we should be doing as a club. You know, we should be giving being a pathway for players. But, well, they, they, they're joining the crack in it and it brings them out, it brings, brings them out of themselves and it does get the best out of them. Yeah, it seemed like um, your form before the 6-1 win, you know, it was sort of slightly up and down. You had a draw v Plymouth, which is, you know, it's always a tough place to go, home park at Plymouth. So you drew two all with Plymouth. You lost against Hull, which is no, you know, lost 3-0 v Hull. It's no um, slight on you. They're a very good side. And um, lost against Gillingham at home. So... It must be really nice to have um, put a few goals past Bristol Rovers and just sort of, you know, really apply yourself. Well, we, we beat Hull as well. So, so the week after we lost to Hull, we lost three. You know, we beat them at Hull. Ah, okay. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah. So, so 
Well, I'm calling that a draw. <laughs> uh, three points apiece. No, I was disappointed against Gillingham. I thought, uh, well, I, I couldn't believe we lost that match, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, Plymouth, Plymouth, Plymouth are a good side. Uh, we, we come up against Bristol Rovers at... Uh, you know, whether we're, whether we're really harsh, it's cold a northern night if you're going to get it absolutely lashing down. And, uh, you know, you, I, I would never have expected that result. And, and I felt for uh, for Bristol. And I actually ended the match and look, I'm sorry you've come all this way and had to sit there freezing watching this. I said, what, you know, you know, they said, look, don't, don't be daft, you, you deserve to win and that's that. But uh, it's always hard as an owner seeing another owner squirming. When, when the team's not doing as good, so you know I do. I feel for him. Yeah. Uh, when I go away and I watch us, when I'm when I'm watching us lose, uh, when we were three 0 down, I think against Wigan, he, he sat there not knowing where to turn. So delighted with it. Delighted with it for him. But that's that's football for you, isn't it? You've been through your ups and downs, and you've had down times as well. So I guess it's you just got to take the downs with the ups if you're. Or the ups of your downs if you're a Bristol Rovers, they'll come back. They're a, they're quite a big club at eye level, so they'll 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 bounce back eventually. They're a decent club and all. They yeah. are a decent club and, yeah. and they're decent guys. You know, I like the guys and uh, you know, I do wish them all, all all the best. Most 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 clubs are and most club owners are to be fair. Yeah, yeah, I think that, I think that's right. I think um you no one's really in it for the money. You know, if they ever were, you know, especially as football is now, you've got to be <laughs> You've got you've got to have a lot you know a lot of love for football to be involved in it. Otherwise, you know there's not much in it for you now, especially as things are tightening. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about off the pitch for Stanley. Um, I noticed that your new stand, it's a Jack Barrett HML recycling stand. Um, work started on that on the on the redevelopment. Well, we're on the we're about to start it. We're on the we're doing the pre-up conditions. So there's conditions before we start pre-start conditions. So yeah, we've got to we've got to fill in drainage and things like that. So it's so all that's underway, and then we'll start it. And then it's it's a seven-figure investment, and uh, you know I, I, we're of a, I'm of a mind that uh, it's risky. Sure. But, but uh, I think we we're going to be in a position where we're going to have to rebuild our crowd. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's going to. We're just going to you'd get crowds back and automatically be full. You know, I think there'll be some people that are wary, some people that want to be careful. And, uh, well, I know a few have said to me, look, you know, we won't be rushing back, not because we don't want to come back, but we're just wary. Yeah. You know, we're getting on and uh, we'll see how this vaccine works and if it, if it goes all, all according to plan, it might help us. But if not, we need some facilities. We, we have a real shortage of facilities at Accrington. Yeah. And we, we need some facilities to work to build, rebuild the club. You know, never mind being that we do a lot with youth, like we keep trying to do, and uh, uh, other parts of the community, we're going to do a lot of work there, but we just need some facilities. So we're doing it kind of uh, knowing that uh, when it's done, it might still be empty if there's other variants of this virus come around and, and whatever. But, you know, that's a gamble. We have to have facilities. Uh, we, we've, we've cut us cloth accordingly this year. Our budget's lower than last year. Uh, you know, we've kept it really tight. Really? Uh, but, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we cut, we cut our budget uh, accordingly because there were no income. So you must be you know, really I, pleased with the results compared to the actual budget. You must be exceeding expectations. Oh, they, they, I mean, look, every time I go to Accrington, they exceed my expectations on and off the pitch. Yeah. You know, we've got a real good, good bunch of the people there, you know, and, and from academy to community trust, right through, they're, they're a great bunch of people and, uh, you know, no to do with me, they deserve success because, uh, you know, they've kept this club going for years 
you know, through through thick and thin. Mm. You know, when they were collecting money in shoeboxes. Yeah. So, so they're, they're a real good bunch, uh, and if, if you know, they deserve to, they deserve every success. And all, all I'm trying to do is, is put a bit of order to it. Yeah. But, uh, are you sort of thinking with the new stand that? it might be slightly more difficult to entice people in. You know, people might be a bit tentative. So if you've got some good facilities there, it might, you know, bring a new, some, some of the old fans back and maybe some new ones too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, do, we do the shirt giveaways. We every eight-year-old in area. Yeah. Like 12 or 1300 shirts we give out every year to all, you know, as kids turn eight every year. I think we've done about four of them. So we're giving about five, 6,000 shirts away. Amazing, yeah. Uh, and, and there's a lot of other things we can do. With, with local schools and kids, and uh, you know, not not just kids, we OAPs, we, we all sorts of uh, parts of community. Uh, you know, we, we're looking at other minorities that we want to spend a lot of time with going forward. It, it'll just give us somewhere to do his work and, and get on with using community trust and, and uh, everything else. You know, that's associated with club because, end of the day, it's a community club. Sure. Uh, you know, you asked me about where we are at league and and. You know, I want to win the league, and don't, don't get me wrong, but but more importantly, club has to play its part in community for the next 50 years. That's my aim. Yeah. Uh, and we want to get as high as we can with, with the facilities we've got and the, and the people we've got. You know, that, that's what Coley manages to deliver year in, year out. You know, he gets best out of what he's got. He, he does. He does. What's happening with the training ground, your new training ground? Is that progressing or...? Well, we, we still rented. We still rented it for a minute. We rented a three G pitch because a lot of other pitches have been really bad with snow and uh, and ice and water. A minute. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, hopefully by summer, we'll have some really good quality pitches that we can train on. Sure. Uh, and, and again, they'll they'll be owned by uh, the community trust, uh, and we'll rent them at an arm's length rent. Uh, like we would any other pitch in town. We have another area that we, we're trying to work with council to get uh, for training. Yeah. It can be dedicated just to us. But, but to be honest, the last thing we want to be doing is increasing his overheads at this stage. Yeah, that's true. You know, so so trying try to keep it as tight as I can. But I, I'm also mindful that, uh, you know, time's moving on. And uh, if I want to get the project at Aki up to a decent standard we've got to keep rolling you yeah know, exactly too much out of schedule because it's you know it's a big job yeah i think you're right i think that you're building the club from the ground up so when you you know retire at some point you'll leave it especially in terms of its infrastructure and its facilities in a lot of better state when you joined and that will just give you know the, the club a good platform to you know operate from in the future i think that's in the back of your mind isn't it yeah that's 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 really what we need we need to catch everybody else up in terms of mm. uh, basic facilities and then and then you know you're competing based on what you're bringing through gear to and, uh, and any dis- distributions you get through football exactly but I mean, it's, it's a great club look, look it's a great you know it's a small town small catchment area but really fiercely loyal people that love the town love the area and uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a really good club yeah, I'm not so what's because I'm involved? It's a really good, good club, whether I'm involved or not. Yeah, it, it it definitely is. And what's your? We've talked to quite a lot in the past about the way football's going, and obviously you were a little bit concerned before COVID struck about the way things were going. And then there was Project Big Picture, which came about, and then obviously COVID came. What's your? How are you feeling about the lie of the land in the? You know, without using the cliche, the big picture of football. What's your? What's your, you know, feeling now? Because you were worried about 
well, you were obviously clearly concerned with the small print of Project Big Picture, and you also have been concerned in the past about potential for like a Premier League too. Are you are you still worried about that? Yeah, well, look, the, the, the Premier League have said they're going to do a, a, a re-look at uh, yeah. the whole funding package by March for uh, sustain, sustainability for football. Yeah. You know, I'm waiting to see that because we need that. You know, now I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, it gets pushed into long grass. I wouldn't be surprised one bit, but it's needed. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, that's kind of the next milestone in terms of clubs being sustainable going forward. We can't have the big gaps. And drops that we've got between leagues now. Yeah, they're just too big, and it kill. You know, you have to have parachutes because you there's a big fall. You know, yeah. very very uh, reason to put parachutes there is because there's a problem. You know, they're not yeah. dealing with a problem. They're trying to plaster over it with parachutes, and it's just no good. Yeah, I think oh. it's I think it's becoming more and more apparent that that's and I think the the game is actually moving uh, you know to, towards a sort of a consensus that. Parachute payments aren't, you know, going to work work a lot in the medium term after COVID because, you know, the, the game has had to pull together a lot during COVID, so it, it doesn't really marry. But you were worried a little bit about a Premier League two or you know problems with a, yeah. a future future TV deal. TV deal. Are you still really sort of trying to get? I know this. You're always trying to get Stanley as high up the leagues as possible. Is, is that still at the back of your mind that you want to be higher up the table and hopefully higher up the the pecking order if things change with the TV deal? Well, I'm, 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 I'm fairly relaxed, believe it or not. Okay. I have a desire to to uh, do best we can with what we've got. Yeah. But uh, we, we won't go out there and buy as we're up the league. Now, you know, if you look at the position we're in, we're in a reasonable position. And in January, uh, other clubs would have gone out and, and bolstered bolstered up significantly what they got. Yeah. Given that we spent, you know, we were, we were about half the salary cap we'd spend. Uh, but we didn't do that, you know. We didn't do that. We said, look, you know, we are, we are what we are. We've got what we've got, and we're going to give it a good go, and, and that's that. Yeah. So, so we we, we want to get as high as we can by running the club responsibly. Uh, and John Collis said, he, he just says, look, uh, boss, don't don't give me money that I can't have next year. You know, I don't want to be budgets going up and down all the time. I need stable, yeah, uh, long term planning so I can plan what I'm spending. So, so you know, he'd rather have it consistent than uh, somebody going for it, kind of, and then year after saying you've got to cut your budget and get rid of all your best players. Yeah, that is a bit of a problem, isn't it? Because sometimes if you try and go for it too much, you overexert yourself, you can maybe sometimes undo the good work you do. So you might go up one league, but then you eventually drop back down, you know, and maybe have a bit of a budget deficit and stuff, and it's just not, it's not good for the long-term planning. So I completely understand that. You can buy your way up, but it's, it's kind of like having an elastic band around you. It nearly always pulls you back to where you belong. Yeah, that's very so, true. Isn't so, it? so you've got to, you've got to, you know, you've got to be. If you buy your way up, you've got to spend your way to stay up. Yeah. You know, you've got to keep spending it. It's not, uh, it's not straightforward. So, so, uh, but, but you know what, what, what I say to our all our staff and, and call it's our job to uh, build that revenue of club up and all that can go into first team. So every penny that we've got. They can up. Yeah. You know, we're not making a profit. But at the end of the day, if we're not generating it, there's no point running losses year on year because it only leads to one thing. Yeah, I think I think you're right with that. I think it's all it's all sensible. And I think sometimes if you you'll run you run well, that can stand you in good stead with not not perhaps teams that aren't you know run particularly well, but ones that are a bit sort of yo yo. You can just 
a bit of a steady consolidation and steady growth can actually work in your favour, and maybe that's what's benefiting you this season. Corbyn's actually been the great equaliser because yeah. you know people that were perhaps a bit uh, over top and toppy in terms of budgets and what they were doing. Yeah. I felt a cold in it, and if it weren't COVID, it was going to be something a sky deal problem, and something were going to get us. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when you run a business uns- unsustainably, something always comes up and gets you. It's a fact. So, yeah. so this this awakening that we've all had, uh, it, it, it's you know, in the long run, it might be healthy in terms of how football clubs are run. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. I think that. The COVID thing and, and the salary cap, which is a good thing, I think, in my opinion, hopefully has levelled it out a li- little bit. And maybe there's obviously there was always going to be big spenders in leagues and stuff and the salary cap isn't always going to be a massive leveller. But maybe, hopefully, it does allow clubs that are run you know, in a sustainable fashion to succeed. Um, let's move on to your season's expectations for Stanley because... I know you're you're not really one to say you know set targets particularly. You might do privately with Cowley, but um, you know in public, I don't think you really set targets too much. But are you are you now saying that you you know you the club are looking for promotion now? I suppose you have to when you get there. You've got to fight for it, haven't you? When you get up there. Well, I mean, if we get it, it'd be, it'd be great. I, my my expectations are that uh, you know we'll still have a good club here next year. Yeah. If if we if we get in playoffs, that'd be fantastic. Be mm. fabulous if we. Uh, uh, if if we went further, then that'd be fantastic. Yeah. And if we didn't, you know, we're Accrington, and uh, you know, it'd be equally fantastic for me. But you know, you know, it's 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 a real achievement to uh, be a League One club from such a small from such a small base. Sure. You know, we're growing that base. Yeah. And uh, and we have to, we have to so so anything above that's remarkable. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, I'd love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say I don't want to go up because I do. But uh, I have to keep my feet on ground and realise that uh, you know we are we are what we are and uh, you know we, we we've got a great chance and and uh, if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't. I think Coley personally, Coley will relish it actually. I think he'll relish that challenge because yeah, you know he, yeah he's 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 taken he's taken you up and um you know you've you've done really well with the budget and everything. But I just think that yeah. I think I reckon Coley will sort of relish. Um, taking on the, the the top, you know, the top clubs in the league, and you know, just seeing where you can go, because you know, it's always a, a fair fight with Stanley. You know, they leave. What I like yeah. about watching you is you leave mostly everything on the pitch, and that will stand you in good stead, yeah. I reckon. And you've got a lot of people rooting for you. Yeah, grafting listen, team. Listen, yeah. I don't need to put pressure on Coley. Yeah. Nobody needs to put pressure on Coley. Yeah. He lives the pressure. He creates his own pressure. Yeah. He doesn't need uh, me saying, "Hey, it's for you to go up and get promoted to do." Finishing playoffs to do anything. I know one hundred percent. Well, a thousand percent. I know that he will do his best. Yeah, exactly. and, and that's all I can ask out of anybody. And uh, you know, I'm proud that you know I treat him as a mate, him, Jimmy, and John. Uh, I'm all lads, and and I'm proud of what they, I'm proud of what they've done. And I know, without a shadow of a doubt, they'll give us everything they've got. Yeah, wherever that leads us as a club, I'll be delighted. Yeah, that's that leads us on to Saturday's game between Northampton and Accrington. Uh, hopefully, you know you you're not on form on Saturday because we we need the points. You need the points. We need the points. But we're right down at the bottom, so we're we're probably going to be hopefully scrapping for it and um, trying to maybe get a little slight bit of revenge on the first game at Sixfield. The first game at Sixfields was a one 0 victory for Stanley. It was a, it was. I think Stanley played very well, deserved to win, but it was a tight one. You know, we can make games tight. It was a one 0 win. Do you remember it? 
yeah, I remember I went out one day and it, yeah. we were scratching win really. Like I said, we played so well, we didn't we didn't really take any of his chances. I thought we we're better side up there, but yeah, yeah. But but you know we didn't really. Yeah, we were better side, but we, we, we didn't stand out as uh, you know we 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 t- maybe in top half a table and you were maybe in bottom half. It didn't it didn't look like that. And, yeah. Uh, anybody could anybody could have won it. You could have scored. Mm. Uh, and and I think tomorrow, you know, we we'll we'll definitely be taking it seriously because uh, uh, sadly, sorry, we'll definitely be taking it seriously because uh, you know you know mugs and uh, yeah, you you you'll be coming. You'll watch this against uh, Bristol Rovers, and you know set yourself set your stalls out accordingly. So you know, I I think. Uh, you know we're good enough to beat anybody in this league. Yeah. But I also think anybody can win in this league. So yeah. who knows what it'll be as long as it's you know if, if we could have a great game and uh, you know it didn't didn't rely too much on on refs decisions. Yeah. Uh, I agree. It, it'll be what it'll be. You know I I see where Northampton are now and I you know I get no pride in in seeing clubs in that area. We 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 were second bottom of league two. Uh, a few years ago, and uh, it's not nice when you're an owner and and you're in that position because you know that uh, it affects you're already strained financially, and uh, going down you lose another lump. Yeah. So, when you get down you in know, those positions, I always find it's just so difficult when you're in the relegation positions because you might win one game or get a draw, then you lose and you get sucked back down into it. It's really yeah. like a quicksand, isn't it? Being down there, you've been there yourself. Well, you, you know, get no like, Tom, when you're down there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when when one door closes, another one slams in your face. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what happens. It, it seems to be, you know, whether it's because you're over trying and, and you're really under pressure, uh, but it it just seems that everything goes against you. You know, you'll you'll hit outside of post instead of inside of post. And yeah. Rest decisions will go against you. You hit crossbars and, and you know you're not you're not getting one bouncing off somebody's backside when they're not looking and giving you a goal. You, you, the luck goes against you when you when you're struggling. It, uh, you know, it's how life is, but it, but it turns to that. You know, it's never down forever, and it's never up forever. So, so you can be on, you can be flying, and then yeah. it turns, and you can be you can be on your ass, and then it turns turns other way. Life's never down forever, and it's never up forever. <laughs> I think Coley, not for one minute, will um, be resting on his laurels because it's, it's, for him, you know, he's been there, seen there, done it, seen it, and done it. A six-one yeah. win, he'll probably he'll probably take that as a one-nil win. As just keeps it on a on a level. He wouldn't be underestimating Keith Cole because he will know that Keith Cole is a wily old devil. Really, he's been around the block, and he'll be trying to he'll be trying to sort of upset you at the weekend. So make make no mistake about it. Cole won't underestimate anybody. Yeah. Cole Cole will will prepare hard, and Jimmy they'll they'll have done a lot of work already, and they prepare hard, and they'll they'll be going into that game. Uh, as though you were European champions. <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be nice. <laughs> they, won't, they, won't be, they won't be underestimating you for one minute. How did your transfer window go? Did you have any um, any any bids for players that you had to turn down, or you wanted to turn down? Uh, Can you say? Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. We had we had, we had uh, a bit early running season for one of players, but uh, yeah. we turned down. But, but we didn't we didn't have uh, uh, any offers in because well. <laughs> You know, we wouldn't be selling anybody cheap in any case. No. You know, because uh, uh, we need, we want to keep the squad together. That's the thing, though. The more the, the better you do, you've got players that are standing out 
week in week out you're going to get though that interest aren't you but i think you're, you're not the sort of guy that you know you know the value of the players don't you and you if you sell them now it, it sort of defeats the object doesn't it because you'd rather have them they're much better value getting you into a, into the championship than selling now isn't it do you know what i mean well it's a, it's a balance it's a fine balance because yeah. uh, you know we have to keep a club going and uh, yeah. you know if somebody did come in, come in with a, a sizable bid then then you know it, it's calling us that you know in developing club it might, it might be the right thing to do mm. but, but at the minute uh, as budget's been kept reasonably low uh, you know we, we can see out the season uh, so so I'm, I'm certainly don't want to be somebody that uh, pulls a spanner in works for, for for these lads that have done so well. Exactly. Anything, I want to be cheering them on. Exactly. So let's see. The nightmare um, is the nightmare is we we've done whatever else happens this season. We've done fantastically this season. Whatever else happens, we lost every every other game. Yeah. You know, we've won some big matches. We've done we've done really well, and we've had no fans in, and that's a signal because this is our highest ever uh, position, really. You know, other than really early on in the season when you played two games in fourth. Yeah. Uh, but this is this is our highest position at this time of year uh, as a club, and uh, it's desperate way fans. Yeah, you really want when you are so high in the league, you want to be building the fan base, bringing people in from the, the locality, and it's just it's just it's sort of been taken away. It's, yeah, sadly. Well, I mean, not only, not only that, I want the fans that have helped us get where we are. Yeah. Enjoy the the ride. Of course, you know, yeah. They deserve to see it. They deserve, you know, they're, they're the reason why we are where we are. Yeah. So, so, and they're not being able to enjoy it right only on a minute later on I follow. Yeah. You know, I have to stop tweeting during the game. I keep tweeting as soon as the goal goes in one way or another. <laughs> and uh, and often, so we haven't said it yet. You man, not tweeting. <laughs> you give him a little <laughs> heads up. Yeah, but I get, I get this all carried away. Yeah, no, that's good. I think that's not what people love about you. Not fit to be like loose at the football match. I think that's what people love. Your your passion towards the club, and that's uh, that's really that's really nice. So let's I let's pin win, you down I then. I know you're you're not really. I'm not sure you won for um, match predictions, but I'm going to try and pin you down to one. What do you reckon the score will be on Saturday against Northampton? Well, if 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 I'm honest, I, I honestly think we can win a couple of deals. Yeah. I think we've got a good defence. I think you you'll have to work hard to score. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think we've a good chance of scoring one or two. Mm. So so that that'd be my honest opinion. But if we went to up beat two 0 or we went to one four 0 or whatever happens, yeah. it won't surprise me. So, yeah. so I'm not by saying that I'm not commenting on Northampton. I'm just telling you the way I think our teams play. I think we're defending really well, and I think we have a couple of goals in his you know, we scored a couple against Hull, a couple of goals in it against against most clubs, I think. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I don't think that's sort of too far fetched. I just hope that we put in a more battling performance. Keith Carl's talked about going on the front foot because we were a bit, you know, a bit weak in, in midweek. So um, I, I reckon if we can if we can get a draw, I, I'd take probably a draw now. That old cliche, one all, but I reckon in my heart of hearts it will be two one to you. But as long as like you said, as long as it's a good a good game. Although we're watching on iFollow or in the in the in the ground, you know, a couple of us, you know, we just want to see what a, a good toe to toe game where you know, you know, a good end to end game and just a bit of entertainment because it it really lifts you, doesn't it? You know, going, I bet it lifts you it going does. to the, the games, doesn't it? Well, I've nothing, I've nothing to look forward to now. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sat in the house, I'm in the house as we speak, and uh, I've had a bit of chicken. <laughs> for, for, 
for me tea, as we say up here, not dinner. <laughs> I love a bit of chicken for me tea, and that's it now, till, till I get up in the morning for work, and it's, it's driving me mad. So talking to you is a good break. Yeah, well, that's nice. Uh, that's... From drudgery. You know, <laughs> yeah. same, same for everybody. Yeah, same for fans, it's same for everybody. And the sooner we get through this, uh, this nightmare, the better. And... Uh, uh, well, we we have winners when we win a game, and uh, and even even when we lose a game at end of match, you know I go in our our little sports bar with uh, and talk to all the fans and all the supporters at club. And, uh, yeah, you know they're a great lot. They're really forgiving. You know they don't like losing, but you know they're just proud that uh, their club's doing well, punching above its weight. So I, I miss that. I miss that after a game. Yeah. I miss winners hour. I think that um, yeah. a lot of people are saying that football, although obviously the, the on-the-pitch action is important, it's almost as important the off-the-field, the camaraderie and the social side, and that's what a lot of people are missing now, sort of beginning to bite a little bit. Yeah, football's, football's a, a day of a job for most people. It's not It's not like I'll turn up at five to three and I'll be, I'll be back at home for five o'clock. Yeah. You know, they go and meet the mates for a few hours at dinner yeah. time and... Uh, you know, some of them stop out and go for a meal after a match, and especially and then they go on their way to travel and they sat on trains and talk. It's a real uh, communal, social sport. Is football? Football's really only the focal point of, uh, of everybody's great day. Exactly. You know, even when you lose, you've been on train with your mates and you had a few pints and fish and chips and whatever. You still come home and, and you've had a good day. Yeah, exactly. So that's probably a good place to wrap up. Actually, we can uh, sort of hope for those days to come, but. Listen, it's always really good to talk to you and it's really nice to hear that obviously we want to win on Saturday, but it's nice to hear things are, you know, pretty boring at Accrington despite all the COVID stuff. But thanks for talking to me and we'll talk again soon, Andy. Take care. Take it easy, Tom. Take it Good easy. Night. See you later, mate. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, let's move on. Just for a laugh this week, we were talking about fantasy shirts on the um, on the Twitter of what a load of cobblers. And I just put it out there that if you could design your own football cobbler shirt, what would it look like? But the only caveat being that it had to be sponsored by a Northampton-based business. And I just put it out there. I did one myself uh, with Istanbul Chef, the famous Northampton <laughs> Road kebab house. Other kebab, kebab houses are available. But um, that's the one you were talking about, Andy, wasn't it? They used to get, like, its windows put in when local people used to get Yeah, that. well, that was after the, the Leeds incident in uh, Galatasaray in 2000. <laughs> oh and, yeah, some lads thought it would be exactly the right type of retribution to go and smash in the Istanbul Chef. Well, well yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. And that was one of, yeah, I, th- I think that's sacrilege because that's an Northampton institution, probably more than the people doing it. So, um, yeah, but shame yeah. on you. But we had quite a few people design stuff, and some of them are absolutely brilliant. And I'll just read a couple of them out. Obviously, this is one of those ones where, like on radio, where you're trying to do a visual <sighs> thing, you subscribe. But if you look at our Twitter, you'll see them. Um, Andy did one himself. I'll talk to you about his in, in a minute. Uh, Ali, 1973 Talbot. This is a very quite a good one. He designed a uh, you know claret and black pinstripe quite quite uh, <laughs> design. The um, sponsor is Simply Pleasure. Now, has anyone been in that shop? Because I don't know what that. What does that sell? Does anyone know on the Welly Road? How do I know it's even there? <laughs> I I we all went in there. I don't know if it was that one or one of the other ones on the Welly Road when it was my mate's twenty first. So that was a while ago because none of my mates are twenty one now. <laughs> And um, we, like, obviously, we did the Welly Road, and for a laugh, honestly, we went in there, and um, yeah, it really opened my eyes. I just never seen anything like that before. There was, um, I don't know, it looked like some kind of like Spider-Man costume in there. So I thought, I don't know if it was some kind of joke shop or something. 
It was like rubber <laughs> all in one type things going on. But the poor bloke in there, he wasn't expecting like 20 lads to all pile in, you know, at sort of 4.45 when he's watching the football results. <laughs> Is this where you got your love for Omar from? Is this where it all started? Or yeah, you in- yeah it's, there he was. There he was on the top shelf and I thought, yeah, it looks like a cobbler's fan. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he's a, he wears a Liverpool beanie, so we need to work out oh, where oh, he never mind. But he, he was on a shirt. He was on one of the other shirts, wasn't he? Um, he was. was, uh, was it Keith? <laughs> Keith. Keith. Omar's face on there. Great work, yeah. Keith. Um, send it to Omar. Get him to sign it. Get it printed out and mm. then get the big man to sign it. Yeah. That's going to happen. I'm going to make some of these up anyway. I reckon these would actually sell. I'm not even joking. Oh, yeah. Gavin Foster did one. Uh, it was diagonal uh, claret stripes with uh, Bounds Taxis as the uh, sponsor, which I just thought was a really good design. It's probably got quite a few of us home on a night out. Is anyone, everyone must have used Bounds after a night out, top of the drapery. Yeah, did you see? Uh, I think it was in the Chronicle. The guy who runs Bounds has released an album. What? <laughs> I'm sure I'm, I'm gonna have to Google it now. I'm sure I didn't dream this. Uh, oh my god, he's made so much money out of taxi and that he's just could just fulfill yeah. his dream of what sort of music is it? The, the, the mind boggles. Did anyone, what country, what taxi would you have used on a night out? Would you have used Bounds or other ones? Bounds, 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 Bounds. West, Westbridge West West is, is in there as no, well. No, Westbridge. Because I'd walk home and like to Westbridge Garage and getting it from there because it's cheaper. You like I was kind of you know quarter of the way home, so a little bit off the fare. But then I think someone else used that little hut for a while, and I think they were called like West. Oh, I can't remember what they were called, but yeah, I think Westbridge bought out by Bounds in the end. It was like um a power yeah. grab for, um, for for the taxis in in, in Northampton. I think Bounds were bought first by the guy you were talking about. I think he came from Milton Keynes. And then, yeah, they bought out everybody else. But, uh, yeah. You used to all, remember all the, black- the phone numbers. Do you remember the phone numbers? You used to have in the back of your, your, your mind. It would be like, ring a taxi, 60, 50, 40, or something like that. You just, yeah. you didn't really know seven what the five, company was. Five, what? Seven, five, didn't... I think it was, yeah. Seven, quite, five, um, six, up until 50, quite 50, recently, 40. I think it was Bounds where, first time I heard it, I just roared with laughter for about 10 minutes. Um, you, you, you got connected through and they had this recorded message and it was just it was like for a car from and then they they had sort of your previous addresses just oh, somebody yes. record, somebody had just recorded that as a as a me- for a car from and then it would be um you know I'd, I'd, maybe you'd have a few addresses in there you know whatever but on your previous history the call history or whatever and um it was just incredible i loved it i didn't dream that did i thank you yeah no no did it not strike you though that if someone had been playing away or been to places they hadn't done and then they (laughs) ring a taxi with their partner there yeah some awkward conversations big time (laughs) big time got it. it it is true it is true i found it on the cron Yes. Just opening it up now. Let's hear it, Martin. Uh, Meet the Northampton taxi firm owner who's produced an album during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, (laughs) David Wright, and it's called Life 2.0. 
Okay. Nine tracks which sum up many of the emotions for, of the biggest public health crisis for 60 years. <laughs> is it all based around taxiing, though? Is it like. I, I uh, don't know. I haven't got on to Spotify and had a listen. Track one, Runaway Punter. You know, with, th- with things like the KLF releasing their first album for many here today, there's probably more <laughs> urgent things to listen to. <laughs> track one, Runaway Punter. Track two, uh, it's just coming around the corner, mate. <laughs> cars driving in my car by madness just coming around the corner mate and uh <laughs> Joe the taxi <laughs> Joe the taxi oh uh, yeah. So, yeah yeah so we've had some good um football shirts sent in and we'll probably continue doing that just for a laugh it's gotta be I, I think I have actually found it on Spotify the album oh my god <laughs> we could play it out but it'd probably be some sort of probably not very good <laughs> to use not, my phrase <laughs> very good Martin's uh, trademark catchphrase but yeah so some good football shirts um, we're going to wrap up in a bit we're going to read a couple of the conversators heads out on to the letter R we just managed to go through the waters of Q and get around that and we're on to R now there's been quite a few of those has anyone got an R before we go to the readers anyone got an R they want to talk about um, Tom I've got one a quick one it's not a player okay. um, okay. looking at all the guys you spoke to especially last week's interview I'd say Ritzy it's other incarnations down the years. One of wow. the things that stood out, um, Tommy Flash Fowler book, you know, the one I, I mentioned earlier in the A to Z, Tommy, yeah. and his, Tommy and his wife, when they were, you know, young in their 20s, and he was, you know, ended up playing for the Cobblers after, um, you know, during World War Two. Yeah, he said, yeah, he'd, they'd often enjoy a night out at the salon. So even in the 1940s, Cobblers players were, were frequent in that venue. Crazy oh, and obviously, the you imagery know, that that, that conjures that. up the salon Madness. nightclub. What? Everyone, the everyone, had a table, everyone had a table, you know, with one of those lovely yeah. Art Deco lamps on it. That's right. Already, then, I'm, already, know, I'm thinking it'd be like the Copper Cabana Club in Goodfellas. Oh, but, <laughs> but, in, but in St James, and you'd ring bounds to get home <laughs> on the old, uh, on the phone, on the phone in the cloakroom. And obviously, you know, what was it? It was, it was, it was, you know, Tommy Flash Fowler in the in the um, salon days, and then Cinderella Rockefeller. I was probably like Wakely Gage and and Phil Neal, and then <laughs> right through to Rick. At, you know, we like Craig said last year, early nineties. If Ethan Neal had in his shorts and bomber jacket in the nineties, oh, right through to Woody when it was Zone and Ritzy, and then sadly late nineties, I think. They were too busy having the old uh, mixed, what's it called? Sizzling platter at Chicago's. When that opened, I think that took a lot of the prestige away from it. And it yeah, did. it was sad to, right. see, sad to see it go, really. But, um, and obviously, from living in Dustin, it was great because it was like you were, again, you were halfway home when you went there. You were in St. James, you were already in the NN5 postcode. You didn't, didn't have far to get home from there. Um, yeah. I remember walking home with my eyes really sore that I couldn't even. Um, I keep them open after a phone party, but I managed it. And yeah, it was a, it was a sad day when the sign went up saying club permanently shut. And actually, almost, you know, despite what I said about the Saints earlier, I do have a kind of bit of seething resentment that they took away that part of Northampton history by knocking it down and turning it into their car park. That Craig Adams little interview last week was just brilliant in many ways, and. Um... It just seemed like he was saying, "Oh yeah, we went, we 
I did made my debut or whatever, and then we went down to Ritzy's, and I think it was Steve Brown took me under my wing, under his wing, and they had cards which let them skip the the queue of Ritzy's, and they could just go in. And they were watching. They were going to watch CC Peniston. Like, isn't that a brilliant like time? Like, oh. What a time to be alive, eh? Like, amazing. Like, like CC Peniston live in Ritzy's. Yeah. What a town! Absolutely amazing. <laughs> and um, you can just imagine. Like, apparently the manager used to go and check um, on Monday in Ritzy's who who had been by checking the logbook for who had signed in with their cards. So he used to keep the manager, that like, Phil Child or whatever, used to keep an eye on them who had been there. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, Richie's is a really good art. And um, I remember speaking to another Cobblers player and I said to him, you know, about F&E lad, the story. And he, I was like, you got any others? And he was like, what happened? What happens in Richie's stays in Richie's. So that's, yeah, <laughs> if only the walls could talk. Uh, yeah, God knows what would happen. But yeah, that, that's a really good one for R. Listen, guys, we're going to wrap up now. I'm going off to do a bit of survivalism with um, Ray Mears. We're going to um, just do a bit of, you know, bushwhacking and then go into the Sheraton for the evening. Do you know what I mean? We're not stupid. But thanks again, guys. And um, we'll speak again soon. Take it easy. Excellent. Cheers, all. Cheers. Um, I'm going to go and find the Saints car park now and reminisce about my days in Ritzy and Zone. <laughs> yeah, go on, mate. That's a good thing to do as any in the lockdown. Take it easy, guys. See you later. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Bye. Yeah. See you, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.